Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We're back in the flesh on the podcast, Red and Gold, Do or Die, the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. And our esteemed co-host. Old Man Davis. Boom. Gentlemen, the draft is done. It's in the books. We've got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. Let's start with you, Raymond. Overall general thoughts. What did you think about the draft? And then I would like to kind of get into you breaking down all the players for us. But first, overall thoughts on the draft. I thought for the most part they did really well. I think the the pressing need that most people, at least most people that understand where where the Niners really broke down last year was in the trenches, in the line of scrimmage. And sure enough, those were the first two positions that were addressed uh, in the first round, too. Surprise trade up to move nine spots to get the best uh, run-blocking guard in the entire draft. So I think I overall it's good. Move. There's a couple question marks, a couple classic Trent Baalke picks um, that I guess was, was was not to be avoided. But overall, I think it was a pretty solid draft. There's there's some that probably won't amount to much other than depth for, for competition purposes just to solidify the starters from the backups to the practice squad. Yeah. But I liked it. Old Man Davis, now just answer the Honest to God truth, did you even bother to watch the draft? No, I didn't. In <laughs> uh, fact, all I could on this side of the bay was number seven going nowhere. Just kicking oh, the cobblestones and uh, realizing that uh, it's just going to steal him wearing that gold helmet over his head. Yeah, Ray, what do you think now that it's officially come to a close? This is something we, you know we've talked about off air, but let's... Just a little bit. Let's get into a little bit of the Colin Kaepernick situation. I think him not going to Denver was the dumbest decision he could have ever made. It was, and to be honest, I think some of it falls in the lap of the front office too just because they never bent enough to make the trade done. Now, I can see both sides of it. They weren't willing to pay the difference that Denver was unwilling to pay. They're saying, hey, we'll pay half his salary. We'll give him $7 million, and then you guys pay the difference and ship him over. And 49ers are like, he's already got guaranteed money from us. We're not going to eat more of that and then ship him over so you can have him. That didn't make sense. At the same time, Cap was the one who wanted to trade. Front office didn't because front office really wants to see what can happen um, under Chimp Kelly. And I think there was a lot of intrigue from everybody, not not just uh, fans, but all the pundits online were saying, hey, this is a match made in heaven. He has a skill set, even though he lacks accuracy and can't progress to his reads. Kelly's the type of coach that can help clean up that part of his game, and, and he'll play a lot better. And when you consider what he did with players like Nick Foles and Sam Bradford, I think one can only be optimistic about what the possibilities are. But in the case of the trade, it just couldn't get done. And I think part of it was front off. And and Balk even said that. He says, like, you know what? I'm going to let him. Cap requested a trade. I'm not going to keep a guy that doesn't want to be. I'm not going to just hold him ransom. I'm going to let him explore the market and figure it out on his own, which is, seems like that's what they did because the Niners always said, like, hey, this is if you want him, you got to take on the debt because we're not going to take it on. And that was kind of the stance from day one. And sure enough, Denver was not necessarily in a position to pay that ransom. And a deal couldn't get done. So, I mean, now, I mean, people say, like, we're stuck with them and there's going to be a controversy. But Matt Mayoko said that Colin Kaepernick's actually kind of digging Chip Kelly. So, either way, him and Gabbard are going to compete for the starting role. And there's nothing we can do about it. Well, I think I think once Cap lowers his ego, I think he'll get along just fine with Chip. Here's my gripe. And then I want to hear, Old Man Davis, what you think about why I think this was foolish. 
he struggled the last year before he got injured. He really struggled last year in the strip down defense. He is behind the line that can't protect him. He hasn't been happy since Harbaugh left, and he wasn't even super happy when Harbaugh was here because he wasn't really happy with Greg Roman's offensive schemes. Okay, so now he has an opportunity to go to Denver where they basically won a Super Bowl with a quarterback who was dead, a living, a living zombie. I could have been back there, and I could have quarterbacked that team, and they still won that Super Bowl. They have a monstrous defense. They probably have a chance to at least go back to the AFC Championship. He has a chance to restore his legacy and give back some credibility that he has just completely washed away in the last year and a half. He had this opportunity to do all of that, and he says no because he wants $4 million. I'm like, you're not even worth the extra $4 million. Like, you're really not at this point. And I get that you're behind, you. I get that a lot of it wasn't your fault, but that's just not how people see it. Fair or unfair, that's the way it is. And I just thought he just had a chance to really restore his legacy and really make something happen out there. And he missed it. Now, and you, like you were saying, maybe he's going to get along with Chip and maybe this is going to be great. Chip has been amazing with quarterbacks. I have no doubt he's going to be amazing with the quarterbacks we have here in San Francisco. But that's at, at the point that it just all went down. That's how I saw it. Old man Davis, what do you think? You know, uh, I saw that opportunity Colin Kaepernick to move into Denver, have an opportunity to compete against Mark Sanchez and really aim for that starting position. Which, whom he would have easily beat out. Yeah. And the window of opportunity just slammed shut real fast. And a lot of that, as you were just alluding to, compensation for what he believes he can perform up to for a team like Denver and what he brings to a team with his leadership, but in reality, he's not worth all the money he and his agent were asking Denver to pay him. And I thought that he could have taken a pay cut, could have had an opportunity to win with a team like Denver, a Super Bowl winning team. And instead, now he has a good chance to now play for the 49ers with a better offensive line, with a better defense. And now he has a, a coach that he can work with who's given him an opportunity. Not like Tom Jim Sula. Where is Tom Jim Sula? I don't know. Pretty sure he's on a vacation with his his money because they had to eat that money that they gave him. Yeah, they guaranteed his money. I think that was a. But he blew a... an opportunity, and uh, he blew the opportunity, and now he has to stake his claim with the red and gold. And I want to add this: if it doesn't work in San Francisco, his career is pretty much in the dumps. I mean, yeah, no. I think How many just, shots at redemption do you get? Not that many in in the NFL. Yeah, this is this is the not for long league. My hope is that Kaepernick puts it together, calms the f down, and and just gets back to to Forty Nine er faithful football and just makes it happen. I don't see him being a problem uh, in the locker room. Uh, if anything, I I see this as purely motivation uh, on the field. Again, an opportunity for him to redeem himself from all that past that's behind. Question is, will he do it though? That's the question. Will we see? Okay, here's here's the question, and I feel like this is an old man Davis question all the way. Old man Davis, will we see Blaine Gabbert suit up as the starting quarterback at some point during this regular season? Yes. Oh. 
I don't know. I think the up the upgraded line and defense is going to make Colin play a lot better. We all know what he does when he has a good line and a good defense. Oof. Man, but you know what, Ray? But his upgrade is not going to just automatically put him right back in the in a comfortable pocket that he saw in from 2000 uh, what 2011 to 2013. I see. Number 2 starting the season. Oof. Oh, now here's the thing, right? Old man Davis, the one thing he's really good at is bad predictions. Have you noticed this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's where he shines. He shines in telling us how bad the record's going to be and being right about it, or who's gonna who's gonna start and who's not gonna start. This is a, a pretty bold prediction. That's a pretty intense hot take there. You got old man Davis. I like it. I, li- I like that hot take. It's going to be even hotter and spicier uh, once I make this comparison to you right here, dead center. Colin Kaepernick is to RG3 what Blaine Gabbard is to Kirk Cousins. Oh. Ray, do you agree with that? Uh, well, I think Kaepernick's a lot better than he's had a lot more success than RG3. RG3 had that great breakout rookie season but really hasn't done anything of the sort since uh, i don't know what he's going to do in cleveland i'm not necessarily completely sold on hugh jackson as a coach but uh we will see do you believe raymond that we got the best coach out there available? i think we have one of the best coaches uh one of the best new coaches in the nfl Oh, man, Davis, do you think we had the best coach available at the time let's make it very clear at the time the best coach is by far uh, yours truly, old man Davis. Uh, <laughs> Are you guys done yet? Just, just win, by. baby. And uh, following that, it's uh, Jack Del Rio of the Oakland Raiders, 2016. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. I already had. I did one of my buddies from San Francisco, who's an East Bay head, tell me that uh, that uh, you guys, you guys taking the division was in play. Oh, but in all year. seriousness, let's let's talk about Chip Chip Hooray Kelly. All I have to say is that's the best coach that was available at the time, and he has the best shot at winning and bringing some glory back to The Niners really took their time finding a coach, and I think by the time they were ready to settle on one, I think uh, some of the other potential coaches were already taken, or or and, and in other cases, um, unavailable. Okay, so... Moving on, gentlemen, let's go into it. Ray, break down the draft for us. Break these players down. Who do you see? I'd like to hear if any of the ones, if anyone that stood out, anyone that you liked. Well, I think I think compared to last year, I think this year's this year's class is even potentially better. Although a lot of players from last year's draft start got a lot of playing time. Eli Harold got playing time. Eric Armstead got playing time. Jaquaski Tark got playing time. I mean, if you have three guys that are in the mix like that, then that's that's usually a good sign of uh, of good drafting. And in this class, I see a potential of four starters, starting of course with the very first pick, who I. I was really hoping that they were going to get. I was on this guy from the very beginning, especially when all the pundits were thinking that we were going to need to go quarterback. I thought, no, it really needs to start the line of scrimmage first, and then you can get you can get you can still get a great quarter, a quarterback in the third round or fourth round, even um, fifth and six, six through seven, not so much, but um, but definitely in the third round. So I was thinking that that would be the the course of action should we need a quarterback. But DeForest Buckner out of Oregon, six seven. 
This guy is huge. He's just as big as Eric Armstead. Having him on the other side of Eric Armstead, who's developing and is much more, a, a little bit more polished than he was last year, still needs some some tooling, but played better down the stretch last year. But he's going to be complemented with basically his his teammate over at Oregon that also played with uh, Chip Kelly, and they also played in a three four defensive scheme. This is what's great about this pick is a he's going back to the coach who recruited him. He's also going to be back with a position coach who worked with him, and he's also going to be playing in the same defensive scheme that he played at. Oregon. So his his transition is going to be absolutely seamless. He's also much more polished than Eric Armstead was when he was picked last year from the 49ers at number 15. Their second pick when they traded up nine spots, Josh Garnett. Again, this is the top-rated running blocker in the entire draft. There was no guard that had a better run-blocking grade than Josh Garnett. Having said that, though, he does need a little bit of work on his pass protection, with which David Shaw said that he improved upon in each successive year playing at Stanford. So I expect big things out of him. He's kind of like uh, Mikey Potty is, is what what people are comparing him to, and I can definitely see that. So if he can kind of polish up his pass blocking skills more so than Yapati ever did, then we're going to have a genuine pro bowler at the guard position. How did you feel about them trading up to get this guard? Apparently I didn't mind we it. were a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people were bothered by it, but apparently we were in a race against the Seahawks to get this guy. That was a speculation from from some pundits, and that was also the speculation from the Niners. They said we saw who was ahead of us. They we saw who was ahead of us, and we felt that we needed to make a move because it's either that or you get it, or you get what who the Seahawks got. And I can't even pronounce that guy's name, Afedi, but um, he um, he's a, a much more of a project and much more unpolished than Josh Garnett is. You definitely got the better pick out of the two. So, and I think they felt they needed to do that because a Seattle's in your division, and b they uh, they've run a similar offense as us, and they yeah. also like to run the football very much uh, in the same manner. So um, Josh Garnett would make a lot of sense for them, especially considering that their offensive line they put more money into their secondary than they, than they do their offensive line, which is why they've had a lot more turnover at that position. So that was a big need for them as as much as it was for us. But uh, I think it was a good move because we only gave up. Someone said the other day, they said, "Hey, we don't have a second round pick because we gave it up for that." for that first round that's that's terrible it's like okay well if you're only complaining about a second round pick then how big of how bad is it because we we lose a second pick but we get two first picks in exchange for it. and sure we gave up a fourth and uh, a four a second fourth and i think fifth out of it but mm-hmm. we also the chief seventh pick now i know seven picks don't matter too much but you're getting you're getting another crack at a first round draft choice so i think it was a good move in their point we got three two picks for three picks and you got another first out of it. So I think it's kind of a win-win for both teams. Uh, in the third round, they picked uh, the quarterback, Will Redmond, who is a classic bulky pick. He's coming off an ACL injury. However, everybody was really high on him because if, had he not been injured, he would have been drafted uh, in the late. They're, they're projecting he would have been a late first-round pick at the very uh, at the least, and then at the latest, maybe a high second-round pick. So this guy comes with a lot of talent, and he said that he's going to be going to be playing this year. So if he gets healthy enough, then expect him in the mix competing with their fourth pick, Rashad Robinson, and they'll be competing against. Uh, Dante Johnson, who's going on his third year. And so that'll be an area of contention to watch for. Uh, In the fifth round, they actually got a really good defensive end in Donald Blair, who a lot of people considered that this was a steal and that Ronald Blair was, uh, a lot of people projected him to go out in the third round. And he's just huge. 
They said he's got good leadership. He's a, he's a film room junkie. He's got good lateral quickness. He's got good feet. He's good at pass rushing. Um, he's got good acceleration. Bleacher Report loved that pick. They loved Ronald Blair. We got huge high marks for that one. Yeah, I expect him to be competing. Um, even though he's a fifth-round pick, uh, he has third-round talent, and third-round talent typically will make a make a run for a, a backup position uh, initially, possibly even something more more substantial down the line. We'll just have to see how he develops in minicamp. Um, in the sixth round, they went all offense, and they got uh, the offensive lineman John Theus, who's uh, I guess is regarded as reliable, consistent. He was a full-time starter in all four years at Georgia, which is not necessarily an easy thing to do. He's got good height. I like that pick. I thought that was pretty solid. They also got uh, Fan Fan Cooper in the seventh round. Seventh round was kind of a you know a late pick, not a bad pick for late round. I mean, he's got a little bit of toughness. He uh, he has good length and he had good punch on pass rushers. He's got big hands. Uh, he can ride a second level linebacker if it gets into him. Um, but then going back to the sixth round, we also got uh, quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. This guy is definitely going to um, make uh, number seven run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I don't know. I, I think the one questionable pick that I, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of bounce around a little bit here, Rashad Robinson, the cornerback that we picked up in the fourth round, he had a lot of off-the-field issues. So, again, another classic Trent Baalke pick. He loves, to, he loves the wounded birds, loves to work on those guys and polish them up and help turn them into men. That necessarily hasn't necessarily worked out in our favor. Um, over the years, taking a look at some of the guys who have had character issues. Um, um, Alden Smith. <laughs> yeah, Alden Smith, Ray McDonald, <laughs> guy, even Nick Moody, uh, who doesn't play for us anymore, but even he got into trouble too. So, I mean, but overall, the fifth round the fifth round was solid with Ron, between Ronald Blair, John Theus, and Fan Cooper. And then in the sixth round, we went all offense with Jeff Driscoll, who uh, actually left Florida, played for the Florida Gators, didn't necessarily have the greatest amount of success there as it's it's been hard to fill the shoes of the of uh, Tim Tebow who had a lot of success there. He did play really good at Louisiana Tech. This is a 6-4 quarterback. He put up really good numbers. But again, this is a 6th round. Uh, there's been no quarterback that's been drafted in this round that has ever started. So he has a lot of odds against him, but at the same time, he's got a coach at Chip Kelly who's very optimistic about any quarterback you put in front of him. Yeah. And he's kind of proven that so far. Yeah, exactly. He does have that going for him. And then you have uh, another surprise pick in the sixth round. Even Now, it's different for running backs. This is Calvin Taylor, the son of Jaguar legend Fred Taylor. So he's got the blood in him, and he doesn't oh, he doesn't have blazing speed. He actually reminds me a little bit of Frank Gore. He just needs to get a little bit more patient, let his plays develop. But he's great at cutting. He's got good balance. He's got good tackle-breaking ability. And according to the analysis, he plays the game, quote, with an advanced understanding of an NFL player's son is able to find additional yards on his own with vision and outstanding lateral agility. Sweeping jump cut eludes sudden roadblocks. And then another solid pick was went wide receiver. Again, late round, but this guy Aaron Burbage kind of reminds me a little bit of a faster version of Anquan Bolden now, a much faster version. He's not blazing speed. He's not, he doesn't have first, second, or third round speed, but he does have good speed, and he was uh, basically Michigan State's best receiver under Connor Cook as quarterback over there. And this guy's 6'1". He's caught over 1,200 yards last year. 
Um, really, really reliable receiver, good hands, good route runner. Definitely, I could see him possibly making his way into as a possession receiver, much like how Anquan Bolin has played out in the last couple years. We'll just have to see how he does in minicamp. He is a six-rounder, so that is something to consider. And then finally, uh, they picked in the seventh round. They only had one pick, and they picked, uh, this was from the Chiefs, and this was Prince Charles Iwara. And the one thing that really stood out to, to me, despite the fact that he's actually rather small, but Trent Baalke likes small corners too. He's only at 5'11", but he runs the 40-yard dash in 4.3 seconds. So Jesus. he's got blazing speed there. So if he can get polished, he is a seventh-round pick, so that is the odds are incredibly difficult for players at this round. I'm not saying that he is a seventh-round talent, but you know he's got an uphill climb, so we'll have to see how he does with Jim O'Neill and the defensive staff and seeing if he can make a roster spot. Maybe a return with that kind of speed. I can see him. I could easily see him being worked out as a running back or possibly a return man. So, but, but I mean, he'd have to beat out Bruce Ellington for that. So I'm not sure if that's exactly a, a viable position for him right now. That is it. Boom. I think it was pretty good. I feel like we mostly focused on, like you were saying, the line of scrimmage. Yeah, we got offensive tackles, we got defensive line, we got a guard. I was really happy. I was really happy in general. I thought that they, I actually didn't feel like they addressed the needs last year nearly as well. I was kind of really surprised. I, I thought they did really well in some parts and not so well in other parts, but I thought yeah, this year they, was well, a lot they, more they also effort. They also got blindsided too, because remember they, they picked up Eric Pierce, who was kind of going to be the swing, the swing tackle, and then Anthony Davis decided to retire after the draft. So that really was an inconvenient blindsided move that really yeah. kind of caught Trent Balky and the staff off guard. So they kind of just had to say, okay, Pierce, you're it now. And, you know, of course, we all know that he was, you know, one of the worst rated tackles in all of football last year. Yeah. So that, that was just one thing, one thing. But, but yeah, they, they, they need some other help there. They ended, up, they, they ended up going secondary, but not a whole lot. They went outside linebacker. Eli Harold didn't make an, a, a huge impact, but he did gain, according to him, 30 pounds in the offseason. So he's yeah. much, much bigger, much more closer to Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis size. We'll see how that translates um, on the outside and whether he'll um, take some time away from Brooks. They did split a little bit of time last year, so we'll see. The only one, that, I mean, Rashad Robinson, that's the guy who, he's a big corner like Dante Johnson, but he's just got a lot of character flaws, so I'm just not sure if he'll pan out. I think Will Redmond is somebody we're going to see down the line. I think Joshua Garnett and DeForest Buckner are certainly going to be competing for starting positions. We're going to see a lot of them this year. Um, if Will Redmond gets healthy, I imagine seeing him in nickel packages. I wouldn't be surprised if Ronald Blair gets into the mix or uh, John Theus or Fan Cooper as well. So you have a potential of uh, several starters, if not rotation players. And it, once again, when you have that many guys coming in there, um, making an impact like that, then uh, your draft is typically good, even though in the Niners' case, they kind of are in like a dire need of, of, of talent. So, so at this point, putting anybody in there is, is kind of a good thing compared to where they were. Yeah, well, hopefully, right? Mm, yeah, hopefully. You know, I just say this about the draft. I didn't see the draft, like I said earlier. But one thing we can uh, we can all agree on, out of all these drafts, each and every one of these individuals are talented enough to gain a spot on the practice squad and compete. And if we can just get, if you practice well, you play well on the field. And it all starts on the practice squad. So definitely great job on uh, Trent Bogbart. And I would give them uh, I'd give them a B. What, what grade would you give them, Ray? I'd give them probably a B, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd go as far as an A, just because uh, just I think, some of them, you just, I think the odds are kind of 
pretty staggering as far as what we're going to see down the line. I, I do think overall, I, I'd probably say B+, because you know Buckner's probably going to be starting. Joshua Garnett is most likely going to be starting. Um, will Redmond, if he's healthy, will definitely be into the mix. Um, Rashad Robinson, um, he's healthy, so he's going to be into the mix. I don't know how Ronald Blair will mix. You know, they're just gonna they're gonna compete. You know, they're gonna compete. Rashad Robinson is the one kind of question mark I have. He's kind of a wild card. He has talent, so it's like a 50-50. He can either he's either gonna be good or he's not gonna be good. Um, and then towards the tail end of the draft, um, I don't necessarily know. Uh, I don't expect Jeff Driscoll to do anything this year or next year. Kevin Taylor could make a spot because you have a lot of running backs that are on one-year contracts, such as Stephen Drone and Dewan Harris. So if they don't get re-signed or if they end up getting injured or something, then Kevin Calvin Taylor has a good shot at coming in early. So an Aaron Burbridge is something to watch down the line. But again, we only picked one wide receiver in the six rounds. I'm just not sure. I'm still going to say a high B plus though because a lot of these guys have potential, even though some of them probably, you know, like any draft, uh, won't necessarily make the cut. You know, we, we have Brandon Thomas from two years ago who still has yet to, to really play any significant amount of time. And he was considered a, a high prospect coming out of the third round and got beat out by Andrew Tiller, who was a six-round uh, lineman. So you just never know. You just never know. Well, you know, the one the one glaring position that was not addressed that our unofficial fourth member, Rudy Sulis Jr., our father, addressed was uh, no linebacker. He yeah, was, they picked, was really they picked up one outside linebacker in um, the undrafted class, but again, that's undrafted. You know, that's an even that's even going beyond the seventh round of, of you know, possible. Not That's not to say that... Uh, undrafted players don't go on to do great things in the NFL because there's plenty of undrafted players that have seen a fair amount of success, including uh, Pro Bowl appearances. So we'll just have to see. I, I, don't, I, I think they're banking on the existing group that they got, which to me is a little shocking because I'm not convinced with Will Hoyt at all. He's a great number two, which means does that mean that Gerald Hodges is going to get more playing time or is expected to be? You know, or I know they're going to compete is what I assume because you, we all know Navarro Bowman is going to be there. And then on the outside, you still have Aaron Lynch who's developing and he's one of our best pass rushers. And he's I not want, bad. Aaron Lynch is actually pretty decent. He is, and I think, I think he's gotten better every year. Once you solidify the defensive line, he's going to his numbers are going to go up because it's going to be like a Justin Smith situation, especially with Eric Armstead and Buckner on the ends there. That's just that's just a crazy. I mean, that's why that's one of the reasons why I wanted him is because like, all right, he already knows Eric Armstead, he knows Kelly's system. This is just a perfect fit. It makes a lot of sense. Plus, you have two huge guys playing on the ends there that are just as as a combination. It's just going to be a nightmare for offenses. Yeah. Yeah, well, well done. I agree. I, I give it a B, solid B, uh, really good. The nice part about having a draft is that I think it always gives the faithful some hope. It does, especially when you address some the the most glaring needs, which in my opinion was within the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. So the fact that they got key players both in the first round that addressed offensive line and defensive line, then that to me is pretty good. Uh, in, in basketball, those are some some good three point shots made right there. Yep. Well, awesome. Well, uh, any final thoughts? Old Man Davis, final thoughts. Has anybody seen Nick Foles? I hear he plays for L.A., but L.A. just got Jared Goff. Hey, you know what the, you know what's the best part about the Rams coming to Los Angeles? You get to see the Niners? Hell yeah. I get to see the San Francisco 49ers once a year here, rocking that red and gold. I'm already putting together a squad, tailgating. It's going to be ridiculous. Probably getting a couple fights. It'll be the greatest thing ever. Don't fight. The Gold Cast doesn't promote fighting. Children should never fight. But that might anyway. happen at Rudy's. <laughs> Tailgates. Uh, Raymond, final thoughts on the draft? 
or Colin Kaepernick, anything we talked about. Cap, uh, you know, I'm I'm fine with Cap. A lot of people keep bringing it up just because it's it's news, and to me, it's like, eh. You know what? Just let it play out in minicamp. That's all we can do now. So that's really all that that you should be thinking about in terms of Kaepernick. You know, either he's going to play better and step up, or uh, or Gabbert. We're going to see Gabbert, and Old Man Davis will be right once again. Yeah, there you go. As far yeah. as the draft picks, I'm really excited to see Buckner and Josh Garnett get to work. Me too. I think those are the two that your, I'm most your, excited about. Your first about. round picks are always impact players, or at least they're expected to be, and those are two really high quality um, players that are I expect to make an immediate impact on a team that desperately needs it. Yeah, I was really excited. I, they, they, I was really excited by both players. I, I was pumped that we went back up into the first round, and contrary to what a lot of a lot of people said, uneducated. Um, faithful, which we love still, but uneducated, you know, those who don't, who aren't in the know, I thought trading up to get a guard was badass. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was awesome. Especially <laughs> considering that Seattle was two spots uh, ahead of you. Yep. Or I'm sorry, well, actually, well, more, well, more than that because they moved up nine slots and by, and they, they, so they leapfrogged Seattle by two spots because and Seattle traded to get, to get back into the first round as well. Yeah, and then we did. It was great. It was like that. It was a Cold War race. I loved it. I thought trading up for a guard was it was freaking awesome. That was really good. That was my favorite. Probably that was my favorite moment. Um, that first round, I was so pumped. And like you said, it's like okay, we missed a second rounder, but we got two in the first. I mean, what? I, I doesn't get much better than that, you know? Yeah, really doesn't. So I'll gladly trade it up. And the, the argument the was that people were saying like, oh, well, he's he was going to be in, available in the second round. You don't know that. Nobody knows that. No. You know, and according to the 49ers, he wasn't. So they felt they had to make that move. So yeah, well, according to what everyone was saying, the Seahawks, the, the Seahawks were trying to get him. That's yeah. what they were trying to do, and they're they're always hurting at the offensive line. So yes. that actually makes a lot of sense, and they're a huge running team. It, it made a lot of sense for their for their scheme, just how they play. They play very similar to us. Um, they play more similar to us than than the Rams and the Cardinals do. Um, so so to them, it's, it's almost like a mirror match. Yeah, definitely. Well, awesome. Last thing before we go, uh, 49er Faithful, be sure to check out on our page everywhere our 49er Goldcast videos. They're fun, comedic shorts that we've been doing. They will be going throughout the entire season. We're getting, We're going through our 49er fan draft. So definitely check those videos out. They're online. I'm going to post the third one up there this week. Uh, the the almost to the conclusion of the draft, our fan draft that we've been doing at the 49er Goldcast. So definitely check out the fan draft, the 2016 NFL fan draft combine videos. They're they're really funny. They're really, really exclusive coverage. You won't you won't find the uh, the NFL fan combine draft coverage anywhere other than the Goldcast. That's true. It literally is only exists here. So you definitely need to check that out. Thank you guys. We will be back very soon. The uh, you know, we're, it's a slow burn right now, but uh, we'll definitely be back uh, to check in time and time again, and then we'll start ramping up as we head towards preseason. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. Uh, you, can also get, get, you can also get us on Stitcher as well. Um, those are all the platforms that we're on. Be sure to add us, like us, follow us, uh, be in the know. We definitely update the Facebook fan page constantly with 49er News. Uh, Raymond's in charge of that. He does a great job of making sure that all of the latest 49er info is at your fingertips right at our Facebook.com page. But check us out. 
definitely subscribe. Okay, so that concludes another edition of the 49 Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother and my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. And our esteemed co-host. Old man Davis. Boom. We'll see you guys next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel.